the podcast uh, I went to film school podcast about uh, film school and life after film school. Co-host is here, Moss, and uh, our guest this week, Ophelia Spinoza. Am I pronouncing that right, by the way? Yep, perfectly. Thanks for coming on, okay, Ophelia. Awesome. Thank you for yes, having thank me. Thank you very much. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, this is our first uh, pandemic Zoom episode. Um, I'm sure listeners of the podcast have noticed we've been like away for uh, a couple months at this point. But yeah, we're actually going to try to do it via Zoom. Yeah, I mean, this is the these are the conditions of uh, the COVID-19 era. And you know what? I mean, even if because we, we wanted to talk to Ophelia for a while for this podcast, but we realized like you're all the way in another province anyway. So, I mean, are you still there, actually? Sorry, I, I don't mean to just jump in like that, but curious. That's OK. Yeah, so I actually came back from Montreal. Um, I was studying at Concordia. Um, but I came back from Montreal, I guess, beginning of April. I had stayed there for a month to finish up my last year of studies. Uh, but it was really depressing to be living in my one-room apartment alone. Um, and I couldn't even go out. Like, you had to stay on the same street where you were at. And Montreal is still a hotspot for COVID right now. So it's just very um, stressful to be living there. And I decided that I needed to come home. Also, they were, there were rumors of the Quebec-Ontario border closing uh, at the beginning of April. So I was like, oh. hey, I got to get out of here. Um, so I came back and I've been spending time at my family home since then. So I live in, uh, in Prince Edward County, which is like Southern Ontario. So this is my family home. Um, but yeah, I kind of am all over the place because I was, I was born in, in uh, Markham, lived in Stouffville, like until I was like seven. And um, yeah, so I, that's why I, I kind of decided to study my first year in Toronto. I hoped to study there. Um, and so, yeah, I've kind of been bridging different cities, Toronto, Montreal, back here in Southern Ontario. Yeah, you've been all over Southern yeah. Ontario by the sounds of it. That's awesome. Markham, Stouffville, you're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Markham's the place to be. That's the prime. <laughs> Sorry, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, but yeah, so just to give a short introduction uh, for to Ophelia. Um, so Moss and I met Ophelia in Moss. Did our third year at York? Yeah, we were in. Oh my God, was that the yeah third year? I think that's when we started. Yeah, it was third year because that's when I started as president of the FSA. So yeah, I was in third year at York. I was president of the Film Students Association. And Ophelia, were you in first year at York? I was. Yeah. Yeah, because you would you joined uh, the Film Students Association along with um, you were friends with Rowan O'Brien at the time. And who we've had on the podcast, and uh, who else? Uh, I'm blanking. There was someone else you were friends with that you joined with. Avery? I mean, like, we, you know. Avery, yeah. There was Avery. Sorry. Um, but yeah, and then um, then at the end of that year, you went, you switched to Concordia, right? Correct. Well, that, that's a good springboard for our first uh, kind of like interview question of uh, what was your film school experience like? You know, give us the full the full history, all the receipts, give the full the full narrative. The full lowdown. Okay, got you. Yeah, so um, I'll start from applying to film school. Um, so when I was in in high school in my little rural town here, um, there wasn't really a lot of. Uh, buzz around filmmaking. There's a lot of artists in my area, mostly like sculpture, painting, that sort of thing. When it comes to digital media, there was nobody here practicing that. And I had a contact teacher in, in high school um, who I actually couldn't take a class with due to my course requisites, but he helped me, I guess, like learn some editing software. Um, but other than that, I, I really had no experience with cinema at all. Um, I grew up in a, in a household actually with somebody who's electric sensitive. Um, so I actually can't use technology when I'm at home. Um, I have, we have no Wi-Fi at my house. Um, so growing up in that environment, I wasn't exposed to television or f- movies. Uh, the nearest movie theater, like Cineplex, is like 45 minutes away. And we have a little indie movie theater nearby, but I was a kid. So yeah, it was kind of strange for people around me to see, like, why are you going into film? Like, this is... <laughs> This is very strange, like you have no experience in this field. Um, But I just felt like this passion for the medium, the fact that it can be used as a tool to reach so many uh, people and and affect them emotionally. And and, um, just seeing in our growing 
growing a society which is dependent on mechanization and technology, um, I could see that like the media was like really important uh, in influencing audiences. Uh, so I really wanted to, to study film. Um, that being said, I had no portfolio. I had made some like poopy films on my DSLR. <laughs> Mostly were like spoofs. I think um, I made a spoof of of Lord of the Rings one time. It was like um, Arwen and Aragorn. And um, anyways, I had no idea what I was doing and I was just like having fun. So um, that being said, when I applied to film schools in Ontario, I wasn't accepted because I had no mentor. I had no portfolio. I had like no idea what I was doing. Um, but I just remember receiving that no and feeling so, so angry at myself that um, I really, really wanted this and I was going to pay for it. And I had worked um, every summer to pay for this and like, and I still hadn't been accepted. Uh, so I decided in the end, um, York had ex not accepted me into their film production program, but they had accepted me into the film studies program, which I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast know. It's like, you don't get accepted into the your first choice, you kind of get into the second choice. So um, I decided to try film studies and just see if I could get my foot in the door in the hopes to transfer to film production in the following year. Um, so while I was at my first year at York, uh, I tried my best. I did everything I could to transfer. Um, I worked on like all of the third and fourth year film sets. I tried to be part of a bunch of clubs, including the, the film student association, which you guys were part of. I just really wanted the department to like notice me and I wanted to be involved and to learn. Right. Uh, so yeah, after this year, it was a really, really stressful year. I felt like I was like spread over like butter spread over too much bread and um at the end of the year they had interviews for like a couple people uh, or a handful of people who were hoping to transfer into film production and um yeah i remember going into the interview and and uh yeah i felt really stressed and and i i had this whole pressure of everybody telling me like okay they only transfer one or two students you're not going to get in you're not going to get in but I was so lucky to have the upper years write recommendation letters for me. Um, and so that really helped. Like I had a lot of third and fourth years um, write and sign letters and give them to the department on my behalf. I'm really grateful to that. Um, so yeah, after the interview, um, that was about, I think it was like April. And at that point I had applied to other film schools across Canada because uh, I knew a little bit more about um, this field and like uh, maybe where I should apply. So I had already applied to Concordia in Montreal and they told me that I was accepted in May. So at this point I had already like made a, a kind of a better portfolio, made new films um, that I would submit to the film school. And uh, so I was like really excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I got accepted to a film school. I've heard so many no's up until now. I got accepted. Yay. Um, but I still was like, okay, but what about this transfer that's pending at York University? Anyway, so months went by, months and months and months and months. And it was August, right? The month before we're supposed to uh, start school in September. And finally, York sends me an email that says, yes, you've been accepted for the transfer. And I think there was only two people that were accepted into this film production transfer that year. And I just like, I just thought to myself, wow, that's kind of unprofessional to tell a person that you're transferring a month before school starts. I had already yeah. like made my plan to go to Montreal. Like I just, I couldn't believe it. And so I said, you know, even though, you know, I enjoyed my time at York, I think it's time for me to try a new film school, um, kind of see the film industry in a new city and, and learn something through experience that way. So yeah, then I started Concordia. And that was three years of film school. Um, so my hmm. total film school experience would still be four years, like an undergrad in Ontario. And, um, and yeah, that's my, my history of film school, I guess. Kind of a long one. Well, I, I mean, it's, I think it really makes for, a, for an interesting story, especially for, for people who are unsure. You know, they, they look at something like your, because I'm just, man, I, I'm just so surprised that they took, I remember when, when, when you were telling us about this, like when it was happening like live 
and it was i remember uh maybe on your facebook or something you had posted like in august you're like hey guys i finally got accepted to you i'm like are you i got so mad um and i remember um i remember after that i went to the york department um not uh not Kuwait Lee someone I I forget who I talked to but one of the admin at, at, at the the acceptance like I guess or somewhere in the film department I was like what what happened like how I I one of my one of my friends got like you know waited till August like a month as you said a month before school to to know that she's gonna go to school like that's ridiculous um and they were like yeah. Like they gave me like no response. Like they were just so like this, like, oh yeah, sometimes, you know, paperwork. I'm like, this is, <sighs> it was, it, yeah, it was a very, um, it's very annoying moment for me, uh, for, for, for all of us, especially for you. I can't even imagine how frustrating that must've been. Yeah. It was yeah. Did you, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but did you ever go to them, Ophelia, and ask why they took so long to get back to you or at all to, to York or? You know what? I, I didn't. Um, at that point, I had like done my research into the department and I like um, in my attempts to transfer, I had visited them throughout my first year, like many times, like maybe once a month to go in there and ask questions and and do things. And I had seen that like their dynamic was at some points incompetent and uh, they weren't communicating well with each other. And um yeah, I, I like. I don't think it was like certain names of people. I think like the president has like changed over by now. Um, but I just felt that it wasn't as organized as it could have been, and maybe that's also a pattern in, in film schools. Um, but I, I was kind of just like fed up with with that side of things, and and I decided, um, you know what, let's start a new slate and and try something new in a different school. Fair enough. Yeah, I think what you did was like the best decision. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I wholeheartedly like. Yeah, I remember. I remember when you told us that you got. I remember. I think it was that an FSA meeting or something like that, and, and you said like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go to Concordia," and I was. I remember like legitimately thinking like, "You will un. You will definitely have a better education than like now because like." <laughs> um. Oh, speaking of that, like, was was that true? Did you, did you value? Um, your experience at Concordia? Did you like how how was that? Like how also other side question, um, how was moving like, you know, like what was that experience like as well? Yeah. So I'm very grateful that I got the chance to study at Concordia and I'm very grateful that I got the chance to study film school. I mean it's a very privileged thing to be able to do. And um and yeah, like moving was a little bit like difficult because I was moving to a province I had literally never visited before. And um it's first language is a language that I don't speak. And, um, I had to like get over that language barrier. And sometimes that was hard. Um, you know, when you see like groups of friends at school that just commune and speak in French and you're just kind of off to the side trying to enter their conversation, but at the same time you understand they want to speak their preferred language. So that was difficult. And in my first year, I kind of lived out in the boonies, um, in the outskirts of Montreal, cause it was like really cheap, the rent there. Um, so I lived like far away from my friends and, and people. But then in second and third year, I moved like right downtown, um, which was like much more expensive. <laughs> and, uh, um, but it was nicer, I guess, because you were closer to everything. Um, but yeah, I guess it was difficult because I, you know, it's it's hard to to work for your tuition and like, and for paying for a new apartment and and, and all of these expenses. So I worked like a couple jobs every summer and I even worked during the school year. Even at York, I worked at, um, at my residence. I worked as a porter downstairs just to make extra cash. Um, so I was just constantly working and keeping busy. In terms of film school experience, um, I found that York and Concordia are very different in the way they teach film. And um, I guess... I'm kind of a bridge because I, I went to and actually in the film production program at York, but I, I did experience like a lot of sets and I have a lot of friends who are in that program and told me things. Well, I feel like York was, was more like geared to teaching you um, how to kind of sell films commercially or 
there was a lot of subjects that were like kind of big budget films and and that sort of thing. Concordia was very like okay, indie filmmaking. You know, the top priority is the feasibility of your project. You are a 20 year old who has no money. You know, how are you getting this made on almost no budget? Where are you finding your funding? Um, who are you getting? You know, work with small crews. And I found it was just more feasible for people of our age and helped us better to learn because you weren't worrying about so much the structure of film sets as you were like working on like a Hallmark movie or something. You were just worrying about, okay, this is a small film set. I'm making something small that hopefully will get into some film festivals. And um, yeah, I think working minimally um, or with a minimalist uh, process helps you to better create um, a good end product, right? Uh, especially for students. So I appreciated that that process that we had at Concordia. Um, that being said, um, yeah, sometimes I have to say that like listening to some film teachers did make me um, like unhappy or like, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Dissatisfied, maybe? Like I was, exactly. Like I was, I was dissatisfied by some of the professors, the way they taught, um, even the passion that they brought to class. Like some of them really lacked passion as if like, you know, some professors were just like kind of like dropouts in the industry. And, and this was the last resort that they had was to teach and, and just walking into a class that I know I paid for and, yeah. and to feel that energy. And, and, and it's just like, you know, I just want to be, I want to be taught by somebody who's, got this fire the same spirit that that the students have that okay this is we're new to this we want to learn like just teach us but not every professor gives you that I'm lucky to have had some some really good professors like I had a professor in first year at Concordia who's like a dad to us all and he Aww. just taught us so much and uh and he just cared for us and, and that's really important right you really want a mentor you want somebody to look up to in this industry right because when you're doing it alone it, it's very difficult so so yeah, I'm, I'm lucky to have had um, some great teachers and maybe some not so good teachers. Um, yeah, Concordia was also interesting in that they had like these really cool film studies classes. Like I took um, an Arabic cinema class, which was really, really awesome. And I took a gangster film class, which was just gangster films. And uh, really? these are like Sounds the awesome. studies. <laughs> yeah, it was really awesome. So we watched like City of God and like all these awesome films and and uh, that was like film studies, like uh, for the prerequisites of film studies. Um, but yeah, so positive and negative aspects to my film school experience overall. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, um, do, do you have any like uh, those uh, those awesome profs you want to shout out? Like maybe ne- let's not shout out the negative experiences, but, you know, like any any of them that you <laughs> remember wanted to give some credit to? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like definitely Stefan. Um, Richard, uh, Neliev, um, oh my gosh, you're putting me on this, Federico. Um, but, you know, don't worry if, if it's, uh, if, if you can't. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know all, if they're but... going to watch your podcast and, and know, but if they, if they do, they just heard their names. Well, I'm pretty yeah, sure I'm everyone in the film industry what listens to our podcast, so I mean, like. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah we're, 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 <laughs> we're, we're, oh yeah. I'm sure we're pretty far up there, oh yeah. Yeah, we're like. We're like right underneath, you know, like uh, who's the most, uh, we're, we're right underneath like Joe Rogan's podcast in popularity, I swear, you know, like, wow. oh yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Zach, so, you, okay. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, so in your experience in film school, do you have any like truly memorable moments, like negative or positive? I you touched on some of them so far, but like in the mid, in like in the thick of it at York or at Concordia, like do you have any like truly memorable events or anything like that? Um. And, um, okay, memorable film set experience at Concordia, um, which maybe I hinted at before with you guys, but yeah. I'll say it again here, was, uh, yeah, one time on second year, I was working AD on a fiction film, and um, I remember being so tired on this set, like it was like 16-hour days, and I hadn't slept in couple of weeks because we had sets back to back like every weekend and um I had like a knot in my back like the size of my fist like it was really really painful um and I also on this set um I felt that like people were really tired because it was like the fifth set of 
of the, the program and like people were just tired and, and um, maybe they needed some help picking up in, in the certain parts of their department. And I felt like those, you know, responsibilities were falling on me as AD. And so it made me more stressed. But anyways, one morning I had just woken up from my call time. Like I was drowsy, just like getting out of bed. And I hear this like, knock, 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 knock on my door, like really, really loud on my apartment. So I like ran outside and I like opened the door and it's my landlady. And she was like, do you smell the smoke? Do you smell the smoke? And I was like, I, I don't know. Is somebody like cooking something in the apartment next door? Like, yeah, I smell it. But like, I don't know what that is. She's like, there's a fire coming from your apartment. I'm like, you can see my apartment. There's no fire here. I don't know what you're talking about. But anyways, I, I continued with my morning. I was getting dressed for call. And then um, the fire department shows up <laughs> and they come into my house and they have this like device that is like checking the walls to see where like uh, the heat is coming from. And it turns out they go into uh, my closets and behind the wall, they're like, yeah, there's melting cables back there. And they start like taking an ax and like hack through the wall. And sure enough, there's a set of like 60 year old cables that somebody had forgotten and put behind drywall and they were melting, like literally melting. And uh, the fire department was like yelling at my landlady. He was like, how could you let this happen? You know, if we had come half an hour later, this girl would have been like dead in bed. You know, like I wouldn't even even know. Like the fire would have just happened. I would have died from smoke inhalation. Oh my Anyways, God. so that was so stressful. <laughs> that morning was so stressful, but I still had to go to call. So I just kind of like left the fire department with my landlady and I just left my apartment and I made it to set. And by that time I knew like had my new list of priorities, my new set of responsibilities to do and everyone else was stressed. So I'm not even sure if I like told people that this had happened before. Um, but yeah, that definitely affects your like mentality when you're going into a film set. It's like half the time I'm thinking about the set, half the time I'm thinking if my apartment is burning down. So it was an interesting, maybe not good memorable, but negative <laughs> memorable experience from film school. Yeah. Yeah, definitely memorable. It's like, I guess horrible as that is that happened to you, it, it is a good story, at least. Yeah, it's a story. And I mean, it, it, it's, uh, yeah, and it goes to show, like, um, I mean, obviously, like, wow, what a crazy, like, uh, potentially, uh, like, so so grateful to avoid that that potential situation with the wires. But I'm just thinking, yeah. like, man, like, I, I, I mentioned to, uh, this to you already, but, like, you're such a trooper for going into the film set after... I know maybe that's, like, me, like, everyone else would, and maybe I wouldn't, but, like, like that's such <laughs> a stressful experience, like, and you have to go and a you, uh, I don't know if you... Uh, you ADing on the set, like, yeah. probably, or arguably the hardest yeah. job on a film set, the most stressful, at least, and and you still did it, like, I don't know, you're, you're, you're amazing, like, I can't... I, I, Oh my gosh, Anthony, stop with your flattering. <laughs> no, really, I think I think everyone on that set uh, was really stressed and we all had our our things that were keeping our minds busy. And um, I just, if I took something away from that set, I think it was more that I'm not made for ADing. Um, I think you have to have a certain like charisma or um, like a likable quality about you um, that I just don't have and, and that's fine. Like everybody is made differently with different characteristics um so so yeah I'm, I'm fine and with not doing a being anymore um if somebody asked me like okay maybe but uh it wouldn't be my top um i think my top roles are definitely directing and i love producing as well like finding funding and and doing that sort of stuff um but yeah yeah i was just about awesome. to ask you what your preferred roles were Ophelia, I wanted to ask, so you said that you like producing, like, I mean, um, this is going to sound incredibly pretentious, but like, of course you like directing and directing is awesome. Like, as, you know, but like producing is actually like a really complicated role that like scares the crap out of me. So like just real, real quick or however long you want, like, what about producing do you like? Did you discover that more in film school or were you mm -hmm. kind of always interested in that kind of thing? That's definitely something that I discovered in film school. Um, I guess before film school, I didn't even really understand the role of a producer. I kind of assumed that it was some like rich person who sponsored the film, which sometimes it is exec producers, right? Um, but like if you're an independent producer, sorry, maybe you heard that car. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> might have, might have <laughs> sorry. It's okay. Don't okay. worry about it. If you're an independent producer, like it's a big role. Um, you have big shoes to fill. And um, it's about, you know, knocking on doors in terms of going to these funding agencies across Canada or the U.S. or internationally and making a good pitch, making a good proposal, um, explaining why you and the director are the right people to tell the story and uh, securing that funding. So I was just thinking about this the other day. It's for filmmakers, um, we're entrepreneurs, right? We have to source our income right? Our funding and everything. So whereas like if you work for an employer, they just pay it to you. We actually have to like find that money for ourselves. So it's like an extra step for us. Um, but I definitely was inspired by my, uh, last year at film school, like, um, just a few months ago, we had a course with, um, an awesome professor named Daniel Cross. He owns a production company called I Steel Film in Montreal. Um, they do a bunch of feature documentaries and um, he invited a lot of guests. Some of them had like one telephone talent to watch program. Um, others had gotten funding from, you know, NFB, from, from other sources. And just to like see these people and see how they made their films. Like this is how I did it. These are um, the people I contacted. Um, here's a list of resources for you to search for funding. I just thought that was, I was thought that was so awesome and so interesting and and always, like, when I make my films, I love organizing pre-production. Like, pre-production and production are my favorite phases. And post-production, I, I will do it, but, like, meh. Um, but, yeah, pre-production, I love, I love seeing the film come together and, like, being organized uh, before the film starts. Because then everything will run smoothly if you, um, if you make sure you've looked at, you know, plan A, B, C beforehand. Um, so yeah, definitely I could see myself pursuing that job. It seems to align with my likes and my personality. Um, but yeah, like at other roles that I did in film school, I did like, I did some DPing. Um, I DPed my friend's film this year, which is about her mother, um, who's Rwandese uh, Canadian. And so the film is about um, her mother immigrating here and, uh, like 21 years that she spent in Rwanda and the 21 years she spent in Canada. Um, I was, yeah, producer on my friend's film, which is about an ex-con uh, who, um, he was in prison, I think, for 15 years. And uh, he learned painting. He didn't know that he had a hidden talent for painting. Wow. Um, but he learned painting while in prison. Yeah. And so now he's a full-fledged wow. artist. And so, yeah, yeah, like all these cool projects. And um that was definitely another thing I loved about film school is like when people bring in their material and you just see the, the rushes and you're like, you see the potential for this film coming together. And, you and, you know, during the critique, you're like telling them, Oh my gosh, you could do this. And you're bouncing ideas off of them and, and they're giving you other feedback. And it's just like, so amazing, you know, to see the uh, disassembled film, right. And, and the potential that it has. So, yeah. Oh yeah, like one of the best parts of like I, I even as someone who didn't really go through the uh, as heavy of the production side, anytime you get to see rushes and you get to see this, I, I yeah. the formation of the film. It's yeah, you're right. It's it's brilliant. Or, or there's really productive production meetings where everything's starting to come together and like the crew's working really well together. Yeah, good ba- good really ideas bouncing future. off each other. Right. Yeah. Okay, so do you have yeah. any uh, like? Sorry, so you so you just finished? Did you just like finish up with Concordia like this past year? Yeah, yeah, like just in in April. I know this is probably like maybe your least favorite question to hear from everyone, but uh, do you have any like plans going forward or hopes or goals going forward, like after film school? Um. Yeah. I don't worry. I'm not intimidated like by that question. Um. I think. Um. Like for now we're in a global pandemic. <laughs> so, um, I, I hope, right. Yeah. So like even Zach, you were telling me that, you know, you're job hunting and like, um, I think we're all job, job hunting. Um, but I hoped after I finished my degree that I would stay in Montreal because I'm actually still paying for my apartment there, unfortunately. Um, cause it was like a one year lease, so I can't get out of it. Uh, um, really? You couldn't get out of the lease? Jesus. No. Not even yeah. like with these circumstances. That's so, uh, sorry. No. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the same apartment where, 
almost burned down. Anyways. Um, <laughs> My gosh. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. What was the question again? Where was I going with this? Uh, it's like goals going forward and uh, oh, goals. Okay, after film school. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I wanted to stay in Montreal a few months and I wanted to, you know, work hopefully an internship or just like work for a production company. I wanted to um, go behind the scenes and see how distribution works, see how um, they're organizing their shoots and all that jazz. Um, but then the pandemic kind of like put a damper on things, which is fine. We, we have to deal with the unexpected. So when I came home, like my hometown is very like rural and we thrive on tourism. That's the only industry that's here. So during the summer, um, like I'm lucky that I just got hired to a couple of jobs here and um, I'll start making money while I'm here until quarantine uh, ends and it's safer to go back into the cities or wherever. Um, but yeah, my, I'm currently um, conceptualizing a feature film, a feature documentary and um, a little short film as well. Um, sorry, the tracks. I'm hoping that the feet, the the shorts can be shot like maybe sometime at the end of summer in the fall. Um, it really depends. You know, it requires me to have some subjects and and uh, to bring people here to the country. So uh, we have to make sure that we're doing it safely. So yeah, we're, I'm really waiting for the go ahead of like um, film shoots when they can happen again. Um, I also have been looking at like other options. Like I'm sure you guys know of like film unions like the Directors Guild or Yahtzee or um, some of these organizations. Um, so I might apply to them. Uh, at this point, I won't. Um, Fair. I, find, I feel like, uh, you know, if you want to become like a, a DP, yeah, if you want to become like a DP or if you want to be like become a location scouter or something like you should get into the unions right away. Um, because it might take years and years for them to fully um, invest you in the, in the full, like all of the shoots that they're doing. But, um, but yeah, like that's something I've considered, but it's still on the table. I don't, I don't know if I would pursue it just yet. Um, right now I'm looking to pay back my debts from school and, and uh, worry about my own kind of like indie projects. How about for you guys? I'm curious. Well, Mahas, you want to start off? Oh God. Um, uh, I have, I mean, like I got no idea where I'm going right now, but, uh, I guess in general, um, I'm going to also try and like look into film unions. I want to work on a lot of more film sets. Cause like I finished, uh, I finished my MA at York and uh, again, very theory heavy. And even though that's also like my jam, like I do want to write some, I do want to write some books and I want to make some like film essays and stuff like that. For the most part, I still want to work in the creative industry. So I'd like to work on film sets and, and do a lot of my time in the creative side of things, like even just gripping, uh, you know, doing whatever I can, PAing, whatever. Like, I just want to be on film sets. Uh, so that's like my goal. But in general, pff, I'm just rolling with the punches. Um, Zach? Um, my ultimate goal after film school is like, I want to write, like I did a screenwriting degree. My ultimate goal is that I want to eventually write for television. Uh, and if not, like for... Not, not, but like on the way, like try to get some jobs in development. Um, I'm actually also trying to apply to the film union, uh, IATSE, because uh, I remember I got briefly, um, literally the day before everything was COVID broke out and like Broadway shut down and everything just started in school went out and everything. The day before that happened, I got a brief one day gig uh, doing transportation on uh, a TV series that was shooting up in Newmarket. And uh, so I'm trying to, and I have a decent amount of experience as PAing on sets. So um, I'm trying to apply in the transportation thing in the union and I'm like getting all these women's certificates together to like, because even, even just to apply as a, uh, for a permit for that union, you need like a women's certification and they have to do, you have to order a driving record background and some other stuff. So I'm in the midst of doing that. Um, but like end game, like I would like, my number one like thing, thing I'd like right now is like, honestly like a story coordinator or script coordinator position in a writing room which i don't know if you guys heard but they're trying to like get the story coordinator position to be like a wgc thing so that if you get that job uh like you're part of the wgc uh they've apparently they've tried that a few times but i don't know what's actually going to happen but 
Uh, so yeah, that's like kind of uh, my end game goal right now. But also if I could just find like an administrative position among all this COVID stuff, that would also be nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm curious now, like what type of, of genre do you usually write? Uh, still usually comedies. Um, I just recently wrote my first uh, original pilot that was supposed to be a drama because I also just applied to the uh, Canadian Film Center for the um, uh, the Bell Ooh. the Bell uh, TV program. Oh, Sorry, nice! Yeah, so for that, you uh, the main your main writing samples was a spec of a TV show and an original pilot. And everyone I had talked to who had gone to the program or applied to the program, their biggest piece of advice was make one a comedy and one a drama. And I had had this idea for an original drama. So I wrote my, my original script, a one hour pilot. And my spec was a comedy of the, have you ever seen the show Superstore or heard of it? Superstore? Yeah. You heard of it. Yeah. It's a, it's a decent sitcom on NBC, but anyway, I wrote a, I wrote a spec of that. Oh. And so, yeah. And I just it helped my quarantine a lot because it kept me very busy. Yeah. So now I'm just kind of like waiting on that. That's great. Is is it is the Bell program also tu- tuition based? Because I, I saw in the Canadian Film Center like they have like a also directing producing program, but it's like eight thousand dollars or something to apply. Yeah, that's that's the price of the uh, price of the Bell program as well. Okay, but yeah, they there's a if you sorry go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was just gonna say that those programs are so exclusive that if you did get in had trouble with tuition, that I know they have a lot of scholarships, and I think. Uh, from the attitude they give off, I think I feel like they're pretty eager to help you like attend if you do get in and everything. So do you plan on applying to any of those programs? Mm, I, you know what? I'm not sure. I haven't like on my, I have a list of kind of like grants and fellowships to potentially look at. Um, and I, I saw, we spoke about Sean Joshi before, but I saw he was in the producer's lab there. And, um, but I was just like, okay, $8,000 okay maybe not something that i can apply to at the moment but um also i think they they will give you bursaries depending on your financial need uh so that's so that's cool um but i'm I'm also curious where is your is your um your tv uh pitch um sorry let me rephrase that (laughs) where do you hope that your your pilot will end up like um on netflix or on like broadcast TV or where's the end goal? Like the original pilot that I wrote for the application. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm kind of just treating it as a portfolio thing. If I did uh, actually go around pitching it, it's not something that would ever be made in Canada. Not a million years. It takes place in like 1930s New York. Um, so yeah. So immediately I didn't, I wrote it more for portfolio purposes. I think if it were to actually wind up somewhere, it would either, it would most likely, I think it would either be Netflix or possibly Amazon. Um, if it was actually going to be like on a TV network, maybe Epics. Have you ever heard of the, 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 um, the network Epics? I've never heard of it's that. Like a, it, it's a cable channel. They don't have a lot of uh, original programming, but they, they've done other show Get Shorty, which is based on the old movie. I'm pretty sure they also did, uh, I might be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure they've also... Uh, they also did the series that's about Alfred Alfred from Batman. Do you know what I'm talking about? Pennyworth, yeah. I, I Pennyworth. Heard about this. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they produced Pennyworth. I might be wrong. But uh, yeah, this pilot kind of seems like something they would do. Um, but for the most part, I could mostly just see it on streaming uh, and like subscription cable, like maybe HBO, that kind of thing. Yeah. Zach, that's the yes. next spec script uh, you have to write for Pennyworth. You need to like really understand the character. <laughs> Of, I of actually considered writing a spec for Pennyworth. No, are you? Um, so, oh my god! I gotta watch. I haven't watched the show. I haven't watched the Obviously. show, so I'm not going to bad mouth it. I don't know anything about it. Sorry, but uh, I have a more an, another thing I have in my portfolio is a half hour original comedy about working in fast food that I think is much more feasible. Like the whole thing has one location and uh, like a de- like a handful of characters, but nothing too bad. That I think would be more of like you could probably put that on some type of network television thing. So yeah, I don't know. That's kind of that was kind of like all over the place that answer, but yeah. And if you had to give us a one minute elevator pitch for the nineteen thirties, the nineteen thirties show, what would it be? Okay, so um, uh, yeah, let's try to do an elevator pitch. You're putting me on my toes here, but okay. Uh, <laughs> so at the <laughs> uh, at the height of the Great Depression, um, this this uh, this guy who works on his family's chicken farm in Kentucky. Uh, his identical twin brother lives in New York. 
and uh, writes to them and sends them money all the time, but they haven't heard from him in three months. So his parents are like, like, get on a bus, you're going to New York, you're going to find your brother. Shows up in New York and his brother, his identical twin brother is nowhere to be found. But um, he starts walking around and everyone starts confusing him for his brother. And uh, all of a sudden he discovers that his brother has been working in like the New York Mafia for Murder, Inc. And he decides to take over his brother's life as a hitman so he can send money back to his parents while also trying to figure out where his brother is, why he went missing, and the mystery behind that. And it's called Bluegrass Gangster. So that's like my basic elevator pitch. Wow. And that's is like the basic concept. Is your character Italian? No, no. He's like, uh, hey. like probably like Anglo-Saxon. Like he's, uh, he's like, he's a hick. From Kentucky, yeah. That was the best. So, yeah, I don't know if that concept. Do Do you like? Does that like a good basic concept, like kind of foundation wise? Yes, and I can picture. Well, I can picture it happening. You said 1930s, right? Yeah, it's it's 1934. Yes. Okay, so in the right in the midst of the depression. Um, yeah, it's the midst of the depression. It's after prohibition. I just picture like hair and makeup, like the combed over hair, you know, the the suits. Yeah. But that's, I mean, I, I mean, that's an aesthetic look. I think it's cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I think like, um, are, Anthony, are you Italian? I'm half Italian. Half Italian. Okay. How about, yeah, well, I'm just. Uh, how about you? You Spinoza? That's, I mean, that's a philosopher. But wait, what? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm no relation to the to the philosopher. He has a Z at the end of his name. Mine's an S. Right, right. But, um, I'm yeah. looking at your name right <laughs> no, now in the Zoom chat too, and that didn't click. Sorry. No, my gosh, that's nothing. Um, but yeah, no, I'm yeah, I am. Uh, both my parents are Italian, so my my full lineage is Italian. Um, uh, but yeah, it's always interesting to like hear about like uh, pitches of of uh, gangsters and. And the mafia, I guess, yeah. because like when this it comes sucks. to like, I was really interested in the gangster genre going up, growing up, and I think most of, mostly that came from whenever I watched films with that had to do with Italian culture, or, like my heritage or or in the Italian language, they were always like mafia films. And um, I, growing up, I always like idealized that as like, wow, these people are so cool, you know. And then when I became an adult, I realized like, okay, you know, I don't want these this small group of criminals to represent my culture, which is beautiful. And my grandparents who were immigrants here and, you know, got no help from anyone and had to like build a life for themselves here. Like, you know, I don't want these small group of criminals who like normalize violence and death and, you know, to represent my culture. So um, I'm always kind of like, sometimes I'm critical of, you know, people who have like always an Italian character in their script and then, uh, they're automatically linked to the mafia, like almost, almost all the time. But right. that's, I'm, yep. I'm not saying that has anything to do with your script because your script, I mean, your characters are not Italian, but I'm always like wary of that because um, I feel like this perspective is not brought up a lot. And there's still like Italian mafia films being made all the time. If you guys have heard of them, um, which is the traitor. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, got some buzz on the indie film side because it was at Cannes. And I was like, okay, Italian director, awesome, but like another mafia film. So anyways. Yeah, it seems yeah. like, sorry, Zach, you go ahead. Yeah, one thing. Uh, for my script, I did uh, keep it focused more on the Jewish mafia. So I tried to stay away from the Italian mafia in this case. I mean, they had some interaction like historically, but in the pilot, I tried to keep it more central just to the Jewish mafia. Nice, but yeah, I understand your qualms there and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I feel I feel the same way. Like I've been I've been finding that like either, you know, you look at Italian film and even and as you said, even uh, many, many Italian films made by uh, either Italian uh, heritage people or just Italians themselves are like either like, oh, well, you have Fellini and Antonioni making like artsy dramas um, or like De Sica or like, you know, the, the neorealists making these uh, these like material condition films, you know, like the poor struggling against uh, the oppressive system or straight mob movies. Just like it's like those are your categories. That's it. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. no room for anything else. So what are you going to do? You got to pick one. Uh, bada boom. You know, 
<laughs> yeah, it does feel like, in a sense, I, I think it happens with, sorry, the truck again. I think it happens with, like, every culture, that every culture is typecast, right? Mm-hmm, and yeah. um, I think as the newer generation, like, um, we just have to bring about perspectives uh, that are real and truthful and, and that we've lived in of our of our own cultures. And, and um, I think, Zach, you have Jewish heritage as well, right? Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I think you told me that in, in first year. So I just, you know, you're writing about something that you know about or that your ancestors know about. And, and that has a personal connection to you. Nobody else can tell that story. So it's important to kind of abolish the stigmas around different culture through, through what we are making in art. Yeah, I agree. So would you, so uh, one question for you then, uh, have, do you have any like um, Italian movies that you recommend of more recent or movies made by Italian directors more recently that like, that do stray from the whole, um, you know, criminal stories or mafia stories? I'm trying to think of a director that I've watched recently. Or just uh, even a movie that like tells an Italian story that's not, you know, like the five family stuff like that. Yeah, like, you know, to be honest, nothing is nothing's coming to mind right now. Um, I've definitely seen Italian films uh, that are beautifully made um, that don't talk about the same, the usual stigmas. Um, but I guess if it comes to like representing um, culture in a certain sense, um, I have a, a classmate named uh, Carol, Carol Nguyen, and um, she's from Toronto, actually. Um, but she makes a bunch of film. Her tour is kind of making films on like Asian culture and abolishing a lot of stigmas that are in Asian culture. And, um, and again, I, I think that that's beautiful to, to bring back like, okay, like, you know, uh, we, we're here, we're Canadian, we were born here, but our ancestors are from all different parts of the world. We're Canadian, but we always have something in front of our name. And we need to be respectful and grateful um, to the people who came before us and built a life for us. And um, yeah, I just find through her films that she's really good at representing that um, kind of an ode to our ancestors and our lineage. And the fact that at a certain point, we start to assimilate into a culture, right? So we become like, instead of, you know, being Hispanic or, or, um, whatever your culture is, you start to assimilate and just, just become Canadian, right? Or just become American. Um, and we lose our roots and that's part of our identity, right? Um, but yeah, I'll have to get back to you about the Italian director. Fair enough, yeah. I'm, I'm also trying to think of some Italian films, but I really, this, like, aside from, like, the, the obvious, like, classes, like, oh, so no mob stuff? Well, you could watch Red Desert by Antonioni. That's, it's like, the opposite of any kind of, like, you know, um, action. Damn, did I stop Moss? Wow. Uh, but no, I can't think of any contemporary. I've, yeah, I know, um, but I know it's very hard. I'm thinking like, uh, I know there's the Italian Film Festival, Italian Canadian Film Festival, which happens in Toronto. And that's right. going online uh, in, I think about a month. Um, I'm lucky to have one of my films screening there. Um, oh, and really? That's awesome. Screening. Oh, wow. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's going to be cool. I think they're going to have that. Um, what, what film is it? Like, <laughs> um, It's called farfalle which means butterfly and um yeah it's a it's a it's a kind of fiction and documentary mixed in the same time um it's like a a nonna a grandmother that i discovered in montreal and her grandson and it's just a story of like her grandson going to visit the grandmother for the first time in a long time and he just doesn't really pay attention to her he just like goes and watches tv which i feel is a reality for a lot of like (laughs) Uh, nowadays we just like hey at nonna's house whatever gonna eat some pasta gonna watch some tv it's boring <laughs> um but then like throughout the time that he's staying with his nonna he starts to realize that she has so much history and that she's gonna die soon and when she dies we lose that part of our culture like the recipes the language that we never learned right we right. learn we lose the history of her when she immigrated here we lose all of these parts of our of um of who we are and 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 um, that process of how we be- we came to be here in Canada. Um, so that's the the film. And it, at the begin the beginning is fiction. The middle is a documentary. So it's real, like what this nonna and grandson actually experienced in Montreal. And the end is is fiction again. So yeah, that'll be. I think they have um, they'll have a page on CBC on the CBC website for all of these short films and and like other feature films made by Canadian Italian directors. 
and uh, and yeah so i'm sure that in that category there will be other films made that don't talk about the mafia but even like right now i was just thinking i was like what other like italian films were really good and i'm like the mora like um, oh like, yes again, yeah, yeah they're good but they're like they're still mob films so anyways yeah, I, but it's so good. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's like there's um when it comes to trying to diversify your not just like the representation for your culture, but also like really honor, like as you were saying, the heritage um of um not just like um like specifically you could talk about like the heritage of Italian immigrants in general, but like like speaking for instance, like my family came from or my, my mom's side of the family came from Abruzzi, which is like a, a small kind of a more isolated mountainous region of Italy. And um, there's there's a really interesting specific history to just that region. You know what I mean? So it's like you can there's so many layers and and potential for film to represent different aspects of the world and of culture. So obviously it's like, it's great. Like it's great to have filmmakers like Scorsese who are so famous and so popular and they've popularized and they've really normalized things like Italian, like kind of New York Italian accents or like, um, mm. uh, like, you know, Thank like God. quote unquote spaghetti, you know, just like whatever. But like, you know, uh, <laughs> quote unquote spaghetti. <laughs> you follow me a little bit. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> but at that same time, as, as Ophelia, you, you, t uh, brilliantly pointed out, uh, it's like, it allows for typecasting. It allows for an industry to feel very complacent with a very particular marketable form of representation. Um, one that sells tickets more than it does really like challenges your expectations. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm still like, yeah, I was like, you brought up Gamora and that's a great one, but it's like, I can't think of many things from like past the seventies or anything. Like, cause we could talk about like maybe Argento or like Italian horror films that are very, um, very unique, but like, I don't, I got nothing, mm -hmm. nothing contemporary anyway. Fair enough. I'm a feeling about uh, people. Sorry. I'm going to stop. <laughs> thank you. No, no, thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad you interrupted for that Moss. That's great. Um, <laughs> But I just want to say congrats again, Ophelia, on getting like your short into the Italian. Is it sorry? Is it called the Italian Canadian Film Festival? Is that the title of it? The film yeah, festival. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats again. When Thank did you, you submit for that? Uh, when did when did I submit? Yeah, when did you submit and, and uh, found out you got in and everything? Um, I actually just found out three days ago, but <laughs> wow. I submitted like I think I submitted uh, February maybe. Or or January, um, they're I, I, with all festivals right now. They're trying to move things online, so it, it makes sense that they're postponing deadlines and they're um, right, yeah, postponing festival dates and, and all that stuff. Um, but well, to be quite honest, this is my first festival, and um, and uh, like I made this film in my second year of university. Um, I was in a fiction class, and I pitched, and I wasn't selected. And again, one of those no's, but it was, it was good to receive a no in the end because then I realized, okay, this is how I should better um, uh, pitch a film and I need to practice this. I need to get better at it. And, um, and anyways, I, I didn't, I still had that burning desire to create this film. So I ended up just making it uh, at the end of the school year into the summer. So my classmates and I kind of just did it on our own and um yeah, I'm really grateful to my team. They were amazing. And um, yeah, inspired That's by awesome. a lot of my friends and, and classmates and, and people to make it. But this is my first film festival, like outside of the school film festival. So I'm very, very new to this experience. And I just want to learn and like soak it all in and all that good stuff. Mm. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I also big, wanted big to congrats. ask... Thank Sorry. you. I also wanted to ask you guys, um, like maybe I'm wrong about this, but we're, we're talking about films and favorite films and good films. And um, the other day I was watching this independent film by a director named Jacqueline Mills. Are you guys familiar with her? Uh, I can't say I am. I've heard the name before, but that's it. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong about this then. Um, but she has made a, a film. It's like a feature length doc and it's so beautiful. And it's about her grandmother and it's called In the Waves. And I don't know why, but when I looked at this film, 
a tweet came up and the name was Zach Gladstone. And I was like, oh, Zach's watched this film. What? But maybe it was a different <laughs> Zach Gladstone. I don't know. It was just like praising her, praising her work. And I don't know. Anyways, I don't know. Unless, yeah, I wish you unless, could, I wish you could, sorry, go ahead. Unless you have a Vimeo page that is dedicated to experimental cinema, it might not be you. No. Someone else out there in film has a Zach Gladstone name? God damn it. Yeah, somewhere. And I just that's was like, so funny surprised. though. <laughs> yeah. But that's a really good film. Like, um, I, oh my gosh, I recommend, I recommend that film. I think it was funded by like Sundance. I've heard the title. It, 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 yeah, it's really beautiful. You can watch it on Vimeo for just like three bucks. Really good. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Good yeah. recommendation. I'm writing that down. Do you guys have any film recommendations? I've always um, got something. Uh, <laughs> Moss, why don't you jump in then? Um, I recently rewatched Megamind. If you guys haven't seen Megamind in a while, <laughs> go ahead and. <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, Moss I mean, coming in clutch with that uh, early 2010s <laughs> fucking DreamWorks. It's so good. Um, okay, in terms of like a, a, a like maybe a more uh, a serious thing, I guess like uh, maybe touching on no, Moss. We asked you for one recommendation. We don't. We don't. <laughs> Don't get another. No, um, please go on. I, I'll 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 be very quick. I would say, uh, especially given uh, current circumstances, Thirteenth, uh, I believe, made by Ava DuVernay, just um, a necessary watch. Uh, you know, and just a tremendously well cut documentary as well. Just so consistently engaging. Um, you got something, Zach? Oh, well, actually, I, I've been meaning to watch Thirteenth, but um, I'm trying to think. Um, Recommendation that I have that's like very different from what you've mentioned, Moss, is because uh, I I actually saw this movie back at TIFF uh, back in like September 2019 at Midnight Madness, and it was a really good time. And I saw that it's just been released on Amazon Prime. Uh, have either of you heard of The Vast of Night? Nope. No. It's like uh, it's uh, it's an indie. It's a pretty yeah yeah. It's a very indie film that takes place in the 50s. And it's like kind of, it's kind of like almost like a little bit like Close Encounters of the Third Kind kind of thing. It's like a very small contained sci-fi story about aliens. Because the story was such like a commonly told sci-fi story kind of thing, he framed it uh, as if it was part of this series called Paradox Theater, which was like this giant allusion to the Twilight Zone. And uh, it was like really well done. And for something on a zero budget that takes place in the 50s, he did it really, really well. And it turned out like, which is really smooth and just like a good movie, but they just put it on Amazon Prime, so I'm kind of tempted to rewatch it. So that's my recommendation: is The Vast of Night. Yeah, do you guys have Amazon Prime? I think I have Twitch Prime, so that means I have Amazon Prime. I, every now and then I'll pick because uh, I wanted to watch Upload. That's a new series from some of the creators of The Office and The Good Place, I believe. Who uh, they have a new um, a new TV show on there, and uh, it's about like the digital afterlife. Very. Uh, bizarre critique of late capitalism and like how we market like death very bizarre uh so yeah i got i got prime i'll check that out send a podcast with moss if he doesn't mention capitalism at least once it, listen it's <laughs> it's just the subject matter of the show okay whatever anyway um <laughs> anyway so yeah my recommendation is the vast of night and moss is um, uh got a couple in there. the the main one is megamind and obviously like to say like <laughs> Megavine is so, so underrated. Like, I don't know. Ophelia, um, I wanted yeah. to ask, we're, we're, we're coming to the close of our conversation yeah. today. Um, How long have we been recording, Moss? I'm not sure. Zoom is not telling me, despite me asking. Yeah. But it looks like we've been recording for just about over 40 minutes, maybe longer, maybe less. That's an okay. estimation. Um, man, super fresh. Uh, Ophelia. And this is like a big general question, so take as much time as you want for it. But like I, you know, like whatever. Um, do you think film school overall, and not just like obviously like your experience is connected to this answer, but like in general, as film school as as you've seen it with multiple different institutions now, do you think it's worth it? Um, I think it's a big question. I think it depends on the individual, mm -hmm. and um, depends on the tools that you have at your disposal. Um, and what you want to learn. Uh, so, I mean, like film school comes in a variety of forms. You can, you know, um, take film courses at the college level, at the university level, or certificate-wise. So you should always think about, like, which 
um, better fits your needs and like your, your budget as well. Um, if you know people in the industry, you know, I, I know people who are doing just fine and they didn't go to film school and they just, you know, pursue their career by having connections and, and, uh, and going that way. But for me, like, I just want to stress that I am really, really grateful that I went to film school. I feel very grateful. Um, I don't think I would have had the tools I needed um, to learn how to make films or um, network with people and see other artists who are, are making amazing independent films. I just, I would have never had that opportunity. Um, so for me, it was, I'm very, very grateful to have uh, attended film school. Um, and I mean, like that being said, like we've, like we've gone through before, there's ups and downs to, to every institution and nothing is perfect. And um, yeah, like I said, sometimes there's been passionate teachers. Sometimes there's not, sometimes you're dealing with, um, you know, personalities on set that maybe you just clash with at that moment. And it doesn't mean that you, you don't get along with that person. It just means that, um, you know, crews are stressful and, and that thing happens. Uh, but for me, I just, I learned so much about art and how film is an art and how oftentimes film is misused, um, you know, to like we, we've been talking about to idealize certain topics um, or to really for entertainment um, when there's a lot of us out there who are actually using it for social change, um, who are using it to express like their own identity, um, who are working through problems in their lives through film. And I think that that's very important and, and giving voice to underrepresented communities. Um, like these are films that matter. And uh, yeah, so I've never been, just me personally, I've never been a fan of like, you know, the Marvel universe, but I've been a fan of like somebody filming their dog and their grandma. You know, if it has a story to tell and it's personal to them. And, and so, yeah, that's what I've, I've learned in film school is, is how personal an art film is and how important it is to Canadian culture specifically. Um, and, and worldwide, I think like film will also take on be different forms. I don't know what you guys think, but I think VR is going to slowly die out, but then another form of cinema will somehow appear. I don't know what mm. kind of form, but I don't know. I don't see VR like in the state that it is right now, wearing the goggles and holding the hand things. I don't think that that's going to stick around too long. I think it might, you know, upgrade, evolve, but, uh, the way it is at the moment, maybe it'll die out. What do you guys think? I love that hot take about VR, though. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> I, I actually, funny enough, I, I'm glad what that we're you, here for. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I'm serious. I'm glad that you said that because that's a, that is a really good point because as it stands now, VR as a mode of like transitioning, like, like, a, what's the word? You know how like 4D cinema, smell vision like these additions to cinema, like the, um, aside from maybe the advent of sound to the moving image, there haven't been a lot of huge monumental permanent things, perhaps maybe like the, the conversion over to digital filmmaking with like HD 1080p and, and uh, like the, but the thing about VR is that they don't capture the same element of cinema, which is typically a group viewing experience. VR is still very localized within the goggles. It's very localized within, and sure there's things like VR chat and video games like Half-Life Alex that are really trying to push VR to really dynamic levels. But I actually agree. Yeah, Ophelia, thank you for coming to Moss's TED Talk. Stop. <laughs> yeah, so Ophelia, thank I, you again. Way, I wanna, can I just say something first before yeah, we Of course, end. of course. You guys are just such cute friends. And um, <laughs> yeah, I just, ever since I saw you guys at, at, at York, I was like, oh, these guys are like, you know, bosom buddies. I don't know. You're just together all the time. <laughs> oh my god! Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Bosom buddies. That's our new like group chat name. Change the name of the podcast. That's the new, like, new name of the podcast. Like bosom buddies. Zach and Moss. Like, they, and Ophelia. I wanted to say first off, like, um, I love everyone who was in the FSA. I was so devastated when you said that you were moving and like, cause you were so funny. So energetic. I mean, there's a reason that all those third and fourth years wrote those letters for you because like, you're an amazing, amazing filmmaker in person. You were so great to have around and you, um, you suggested great ideas for screenings as well. It was, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. We really missed you with the FSA afterwards. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much guys. I really, I really appreciate that. I don't no know. Problem. Um, you guys have a, maybe a, 
um, I di- idealized image of me in your minds. Maybe I'm worse than you guys. Think. No, I'm just no, this this podcast has confirmed that like you're. Still oh, perfect. I see. Yeah, you're, don't worry, Ophelia. You're okay. you're still awesome. <laughs> yeah, we want to we want to thank you for being a guest today. Like seriously, thanks for coming on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much for having me. I was like, I was kind of surprised when Anthony messaged me, but um, it was a very good surprise. Um, I was glad to catch up with you guys. Yeah, yeah, this was fun. Thank you again. Seriously. No worries. We'll have to do it again sometime. Maybe not on the podcast, but we'll. Catch yeah, definitely. We'll. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, you know, rate, subscribe to the podcast, all that fun stuff. Recommend it to your friends. Uh, check out Ophelia's short. Um, what was it called again? It's called Farfalle. Yeah, check that out when it's released on the Italian Canadian Film Festival website. Okay, thanks yeah, so thanks much, Ophelia. Everybody. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Thank thanks you, Ophelia. Guys. Seriously. No worries. Enjoy the rest of your day, okay? You too. I Went to Film School is recorded in Toronto, Canada, and produced by Zach Gladstone and Anthony Moss. Mm-hmm.